Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Money and me on your money. Only on Money FM 89.3. A show where we serve up actionable insights from experts in the market. Today, I've invited Freddie Lim, Chief Investment Officer and Co-Founder at Stashaway, to share with us insights on the ETF landscape. Good morning, Freddie. How are you? Good morning, Michelle. Good to have you with us. So this morning, Asia-Pacific markets are trading mix. Investors are trying to assess the potential impact of new COVID-19 vaccine breakthroughs and rising COVID cases. So what is your reading of markets trying to make sense of these narratives, you know, surging cases and positive vaccine news? Well, um, for one, um, it takes time for the vaccine makers to mass produce and to uh, distributed globally, and it is my base case that this process would take to the end of next year, uh, at the very earliest uh, to to see, and uh, most possibly in 2022. So you have this very interesting gap between now and 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 the vaccines uh, story, and so the the COVID cases, the second wave that's going on uh, in the U.S. and Europe. Uh, that became an immediate concern. So this is a very understandable uh, market situation. Okay, so, you know, markets not knowing whether to tread the line of hope versus fear. Uh, and you're saying that the time frame could stretch out till two years for these conflicting narratives to play out. Very possibly. And uh, aside from this particular uh, point about time, um, we also, uh, as you know, country stock indices, includes all industries and sectors of the markets. So you have uh, winners and losers in this situation. Uh, for example, the vaccine could create a so-called sector rotation out of uh, the pandemic winners like tech technology, um, but the beaten down sectors can now uh, start outperforming. Uh, so, you know, when you look at indices, right, there are winners and losers. So the index actually is in sort of a, a flattish territory because uh, there are sector rotations going on there. Okay, which are most significant for you in terms of the rotations? It's very significant in the sense that um, some investors in the market are possibly getting very aggressive. Um, you know, like we've seen inflows to Thailand, we've seen inflows to airline stocks and hotel stocks, and I think those are too early a bet. Um, what's really nice in between is uh, are things like the REITs in Singapore, for example. Mm. Oh. And traffic has returned quite a bit already as we are starting to head into phase three. Um, it's a high dividend, uh, good dividend yielding as a class uh, um, and with a chance of uh, further rebounds where with the vaccine. Uh, so somewhere right in between the, the best risk profile, my personal favorite, REITs in Singapore. REITs in Singapore, you know, we're doing a show on Monday on that. <laughs> so we're on the money. So speaking about ETF flows, what do you think the flows show where gold is headed then? A lot of people um, were very focused on what happened this, this one or two months where, you know, gold came off from, is, 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 uh, from, from the near 2000 level, right, back to uh, 1862, I last checked. Um, the thing is, they, uh, the, if you look at the flow, and it's a very good question, the amount of outflow the last one month is only about a tenth of what I see in year-to-day inflow to the asset class. And inflow meaning, so that's uh, like, for example, if you look at the gold ETFs, uh, 
um, GLD has $18.2 billion of inflow a year to date. And so if you look at all this picture, the demand for gold is still there. Um, and um, if the U.S. Congress managed to actually come up with another uh, government spending package that depreciates the U.S. dollar, that will be a further catalyst for gold to go up So uh, in the pipeline. All right. Uh, let's switch gears a little and talk about the main story of the day. We can't stop talking about the positive vaccine news. So investors out there, they're wondering if... As an investor, they're interested in late-stage vaccine stocks. Can they take an ETF route and look at a basket of these stocks? The difference between um, actually investing in the stocks of companies like uh, BioNTech and Moderna is that the ETF offers you a diversified approach. Um, it doesn't just invest in the stocks of uh, uh, COVID-19 vaccine makers, right? but the so the names they invest in are also assisting vaccine makers of other diseases and uh, in the fields of innovating in genomics. And, and so those are actually very diversified, intelligent plays. And there are some ETFs out there, like, for example, iShares um, NASDAQ Biotech uh, ETF actually has a 3.8 percentage point of its fund invested in Moderna and 7.5% in Gillette. Uh, so that gives you a very good um, 11 percentage point mm-hmm. of exposure uh, in the fund uh, to, to this area, mm-hmm. right? So uh, yeah, they are a lot of interesting stuff, but uh, it's a diversified approach versus a very specific approach. What interests you about this vaccine race that's hotting up? What interests me about vaccine? Um, <laughs> messenger RNA technology. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> oh, my goodness, me. Someone's call, been call reading me up. <laughs> <laughs> it's the first time in human history uh, we make vaccines differently. Um, we yeah. are... <laughs> it is no interesting, longer. isn't it? I mean, when you think back to polio vaccines or, you know, dealing with major diseases, uh, I'm not sure how much of it was concentrated in the hands of private listed companies. Well, um, for, fortunately, if you look at the pricing uh, with Pfizer and BioNTech version of it, mm. it's not that expensive. 20 it's, uh, US dollars per dose. Yeah. Yeah. And two doses per person. So, yeah, let's say $40 to save my life. I, I, I would appreciate that. Mm, mm, wow, we need to do a whole show on that medical aspect of things. Uh, let's turn a little now to value ETFs. I understand 2020 is said to be the second best year ever for ETF inflows for value ETFs. Well, um, it has to do with the economic cycle. Uh, if I step back a bit, um, value ETFs along with um, the size ETF, so meaning small cap, Mm-hmm. Uh, the size is a factor in equity investing. Value is another factor in equity investing. These two factors tend to start doing uh, well, better than average in the markets, when you are actually recovering from a trough, a bottom in the economy. So technically, you can say we are sort of like trying to find a bottom in the real economy now. And the vaccine news could be the big reason for change. And hence, value stocks and even the small cap stocks, uh, they could start outperforming. Okay. Um, So no fears of a COVID winter holding back the stampede into such stocks? Um, I I was merely translating uh, what other people are saying to to you. And my Mm -hmm. personal opinion is less aggressive. Mm -hmm. I feel like um, it's a bit presumptuous to 
to go uh, all the way to the other side and say I'm invest aggressively. I would rather, as I said, uh, like have income generating assets with a more balanced risk profile. And for me, uh, a lot of Singapore REITs actually match my criteria. Mm-mm. Yep. Come back to those red heart REITs. Oh, yeah. My favorite. <laughs> you should join us on Monday's show. All right, Freddie. Of the 230-plus ETFs that have come to the market this year, I understand some 53% will actively manage. What does this mean for the market? Well, first of all, it's a very misunderstood name when you say active ETF. Mm. They're actually not human manager doing whatever they like day in, day out. No. It's actually um, based on, it's actually quite systematic. Um, this ETF is a systematic rule-based approach to investing. So, for example, you mentioned to me value just now. Mm-hmm. Value is a factor in systematic uh, equity investing. And the algorithms behind it would look for stocks as cheap on price book uh, ratio, price earnings ratio, or what have you. It's a rule-based approach to, to systematically invest and rebalance the portfolio. So it's actually not as active as the name suggests. I would say they're systematic funds. Uh, so that, that's the, the, the big implications here. With so many systematic funds coming in, uh, in the name of active, it's actually adding a lot of diversification and, and in style in, in, in technologies and in intelligence to, 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 to the ETF uh, investable universe. Okay. I'm so excited. More buoyant than ever then. Absolutely. Okay, speaking of more buoyant than ever, I understand that Stashaway is going to be launching in the UAE and you're going to be servicing clients in the MENA region as well, Middle East and Northern Africa. And this makes you the first digital wealth manager to get an asset management license from the Dubai Financial Services Authority. Let's break out the champagne, Freddie. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Uh, exciting development for us, uh, for, for sure. What are um, the gaps in the market that you're hoping to serve in these areas? Well, for one, um, the, the, the first big gap is that that region, much like Singapore uh, four years ago when Statue first started, uh, we didn't really have a lot of global options, global portfolios brought to the masses here. So we're going to first going to do that, bring global super diversified investing to the masses in, in UAE and the region of MENA. Uh, so that's the first mission. Um, the second mission is more about my personal wish list. is um, you know, along with social and responsible impact investing, I would like to uh, contribute a little bit more uh, to the Sharia investing uh, space over time. Mm-hmm. So you see opportunities there because... Well, um, you know, um, Sharia compliance is actually um, um, not very easily understood uh, way of investing, right? Mm. And it it subjects yourself to certain standards and and rubber stamping. And uh, it also makes uh, uh, the Muslim community less well served by, you know, the investment by by investment alternatives, right? So to be able to qualify as uh, Sharia one day and bring intelligent investing to the masses, the Muslim community is one of the uh, exciting uh, personal wish list of mine. Wow. And would you be looking at including such products um, into the offerings here in Singapore then? I, I hope so one day. I, I, could, I couldn't tell the time. Uh, we work, it's always ongoing effort, but, uh, you know, stay tuned. <laughs> All right. Well, Freddie, thank you very much for joining us this morning. Freddie Lim, Chief Investment Officer and Co-Founder of Stashaway, joining us on Money and Me. Before acting on the information on Money FM. Please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg.
or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.